Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's what I taught myself how to draw, was actually the Little Mermaid, drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than die. jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have to be perfect, just do it. You know, throw some spaghetti against the wall. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys, part of the Once Upon a Podcast Network. This is George Soroy, and thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for tuning in for over 200 episodes. I'm still just absolutely amazed at how many people have been following this show, how many people have asked to be a part of it. It really is just wonderfully validating, and it's been an amazing run for over five years and we are just getting warmed up. And I say we as in the Once Upon a Podcast Network because we are opening our doors to more shows. We want to hear your pitch for a show, whether you have a show already, whether it's whether it currently exists and you like to send over some samples of what you've done or if you have an idea for a show that you have not yet implemented, please go ahead and let us know about it. And let us know about it in paragraph form as a 30-second trailer, however you would like to present yourself. We want to know what kind of shows that you have in mind, because I truly am a fan of pod, of the podcasting medium. I have been that for many years since I first took the plunge as part of the 411mania.com Movies and TV Zone podcast. And that's back in 2008, 2009. Like it was, it was a terrific time then, and it's gotten even better now. And I just hope that you have just as much love for the podcast medium as I do. I hope you have as much enthusiasm for it. I want to know what kind of show you have in mind. And remember... The type of shows that we do here at the Once Upon a Podcast Network, they're dedicated toward inspiring, motivating, educating, celebrating, and even rejuvenating creatives of all kinds. This is a creative-centric network. This is for creatives by creatives. And with your help, you can make this network even bigger. So, I want to hear from you. Please pitch me your idea. Just go to george at he's got it dot com and tell me in about a paragraph form what your what your show is, what you have in mind for a show and going further, what you intend to do with it. I I want to know. And if you if we pick you to be a part of the network. Wow. It's it's really something special. This network really means a lot to me. The people that are involved, they really mean a lot to me. And I really hope that you are just as excited about it as as we are. So for this week's episode of Excelsior Journeys, I decided since I've noticed an uptick in subscribers, an uptick in listeners, an uptick in activity here for Excelsior Journeys. I decided to open things up to a Q&A episode. 
And sure enough, I got some really interesting questions. Now, some of you who are who are regulars, who have heard this show every now and then, you know that I do a Q&A episode. In this case, I wanted to do one just to kind of introduce myself and my show to brand new listeners. So you might be hearing quite a bit of, of things you may have already heard before if you've been a longtime listener. And if so, thank you so much. But I hope that you keep on listening because it really is. I really got some really interesting questions. And the first question that I got is got tips on how to get started with audiobook narrating and voice acting. And for this, I definitely have to tell you a little bit about where my entryway into voice acting and audiobook narrating came from. And it was simply from not having a job in August of 2015. I had just finished up a job over at a church here in St. Louis, and I was definitely not in a good place. I was not not happy, obviously, and I was wondering what what is out there for me. What what can I what can I possibly pursue? And it was around that time that I found a documentary on Amazon Prime called I Know That Voice. And it was a documentary made by voice actor John DiMaggio. And John is the voice of Bender from Futurama. He also played the Joker in Batman Under the Red Hood. And oh, what a great low-key, like just real disturbing performance that he gave on that. And he's he's got just a huge, huge roster of voices that he's done throughout the decades. Very, very seasoned performer, you can say. And... What he wanted to do was he wanted to kind of pull the curtain back and let you let you in and see different voice actors doing their recording sessions and having the different voice actors that we grew up listening to just sitting down and talking about their experiences and how they got into it. It's really fascinating and incredibly inspiring because it got me into going on Twitter and asking does anyone know of a voice acting school or voice uh, acting program in the St. Louis area? And someone reached out to me and I am still convinced that it was, it was someone who would wind up being a friend of mine, Christina Smith, who said that Clayton studios on big Ben Boulevard offered a class called voiceover St. Louis. And I was so excited that the next day I reached out to them and I asked about that and they responded. I got a, I got a message from Steve at Clayton studios. He called me back. We got to talking. He told me exactly what this, what the class, what the class consisted of. And he said that half of it is reading copy, getting in, getting to really get into it and figuring out what words to emphasize, which ones to not emphasize, which syllables to really push, the whole thing. And then the second half of it is getting behind the microphone. So it sounded wonderful. And then he gave me the price. And that kind of price was outside of my range because I had just lost my job. 
and I knew that I had, I had a severance package coming, but I didn't know how long I was going to be unemployed. So that needed to stay where it was. Thankfully, at some point, I wound up getting an idea to basically earn my way into getting these voiceover lessons. And I did it through a Kickstarter campaign. And what I said was, I will narrate 10 for $10. I will narrate 500 words of your text for $20, a thousand words. And you can take that chunk as an MP3 file and you can do whatever you like with it. You can use it to, you can put it up on your website. You can use it to promote your stuff, whatever you want. It's all yours. And as time started going, I wound up raising that money. And I also wound up getting to a point where I was very, very close to getting a new job and things were looking good with that. And at that point, I wound up hitting my mark. I wound up hitting the goal. And I reached out to Steve and I told him, hey, I have the money. When does the next class start? And he goes, well, here's the thing. Normally, we do we do these classes when we have about three or four students ready to go. And right now, you're the only one who said anything about it. And I told him that, well, that's okay. You know, that's, that's an interesting conundrum we got there. I totally understand it. But at the same time, I am very close to getting this new job. And if I don't do this now, it's never going to happen. And so he reached out to the teacher of the class, a gentleman named Jim Singer. And Jim Singer is a very, very experienced commercial voiceover artist. And he told Jim my plight. And Jim agreed to teach me one-on-one. And it was so amazing to be able to do this. It just felt like... Like, this is what I needed to do. And the more I did it, the more Jim realized different things that I could really kind of emphasize on when it came to reaching out into the world and seeing what I can produce. And one of the things that he said was e-learning. He said that I have a great voice for doing e-learning, internal business presentations, things like that. And funny enough, the very day after I recorded my demos, I did a commercial demo and an animation demo. The very next day I started at that job that I got. And funny enough, the people that were there were asking me to do narration for PowerPoint presentations. So all of a sudden there I am doing those things that Jim said that that would be my forte. And they would always, you know, send me like a little Amazon gift card as a way to say thank you for doing it. So it was a nice little bonus as I was doing my regular things. And I did that job for just over two years and had a really good time doing it. At the same time, my publisher at Rocking Horse Publishing, my the the head of Rocking Horse Publishing, Robin Tidwell, had just become president of the Missouri Writers Guild. And I offered her a chance for me to narrate chapter one of Excelsior. And I just said, you know, can I just do it? We'll give it a shot and see how it goes. And she said, okay. And so I went ahead and narrated it myself. I narrated my own book, chapter one, myself. I sent it over to her. She responded back saying, it sounds great. Go for it. She gave me her blessing. 
to go ahead and create the first, what would be the first and only audiobook for Rocking Horse Publishing. And it took a couple of months for me to do it. I did a full month of just recording and then a full month of editing. And I strongly suggest you don't do that because that second month was so tedious and it, it, it could have gotten a whole lot quicker if I had just kind of broken it up to do record, edit, record, edit, record, edit, and not just record and then edit because I, it wasn't fun really to do all of that when it came to all of my getting rid of all of my edits because it is my first audiobook that I did. So it was very, very rough. And, but it wound up being good enough that, that Robin went ahead and put it out on the market. And I was going to be basically the voice of Rocking Horse Publishing by recording more of these. However, at the end of the year, that's when she decided to close, close the doors of Rocking Horse. Now, what was funny enough, the, a little side story there was at the same time I was presenting her with the, with the finished version, the Missouri Writers Guild annual conference was getting ready to go in Kansas City. And I offered my services, basically just saying, if there's any way I can help out the board, please let me know. Turns out the way of helping out the board was being being elected vice president and conference chair for 2017 and then being elected president for 2017 and 2018. So it was it was a very busy time during that. But at the same time, going through that experience of doing my own recording as as do, doing an audiobook narration, that inspired me to reach out to other authors and because I'm an author myself, I have those connections. So I was able to reach out to them directly. And because of that, I wound up getting a handful of different authors reaching out to me to basically do what would be royalty share projects. Now, royalty share projects, that is what really started in ACX.com. And ACX means Audiobook Creation Exchange. And so if you really want to get going into audiobooks, you set up an account there. And you also start recording some samples of, you know, just some smaller works, maybe like about maybe a page or so of make sure there's good dialogue. Make sure if you want to try different character voices, go ahead and do it, whatever the case. But, you know, diversify with it. You know, make if you, if you want to do a fiction and a nonfiction or a sports or or horror or thriller or erotica or sci-fi, or humor, whatever, whatever you want to do. Just break it up and go for it. It's the great thing about being an audiobook narrator is you get to choose what you want to do and have fun doing it. And that's what this is all about, right? And so that is the main thing that I would recommend when it comes to starting off getting into audiobook narrating. Set up your account on acx.com. Listen to other audiobooks to really kind of see what sort of what sort of style you want to emulate and then go after it and have fun doing it and make sure that you're in a well-treated place. If you ever saw any pictures of my studio here, 
I got a lot of acoustic foam surrounding this whole place. And I also have an acoustic foam mic shield right behind the microphone, So, which may seem a little bit like overkill, but it sounds great in here. I'm very, very proud of the setup in here. And I really put a lot into it, and I really enjoy being in this room. So, you know, make sure you got a nice, well-treated environment around you, and get a good microphone, and have some different pieces to go ahead and narrate, and narrate what you would want to do. So if whatever genre you feel you want to focus on, then have a few samples of that to really show what you can do in that genre. So it's a very long-winded answer, but at the same time, like that's what I would say. When, when it comes to any courses you'd recommend, and would you recommend a voice coach? Yeah, I would say, you know, look out for your, you know, reach out to your local recording studios. You'd be surprised at how many are there and see if there are voiceover lessons there. There are other, there are other ideal places online. I think it's a gravy for the brain is one that, that I wound up learning quite a bit from. And a lot of really good people are, are, ideal to work with voice masters definitely reach out to them reach out to my guest from last week chris woodworth he is already an accomplished voice actor and he's just getting started so just imagine what's going to happen with him as everything gets rolling but he is someone who is incredibly passionate about voiceover incredibly knowledgeable about voiceover and someone you definitely would love to have in your corner so definitely look out for people like him and look out for voice masters, gravy for the brain, go to acx.com, set up your account there and have fun doing this because that's what this is all about. And so that is a, that's a, a good chunk of questions there. Another question is what are the biggest or most common mistakes people make with how they speak on their podcast? For me, um, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Everyone's got their own style when it comes to podcasting. Everyone's got their own kind of format. Having listened to as many podcasts as I have, there are certain things that I can pick up on pretty quickly. And one of the things I would say is, and I'm just as guilty of doing this as anyone else. So I'm not saying don't do this. I'm just saying that I can tell when someone is doing this and I can tell when someone is reading directly from a script verbatim. Now, I will do that a lot with my own stuff when it comes to when it comes to introducing a guest on my show on Excelsior Journeys that I feel like I want to hit all these different marks and I want to just make sure that I don't stumble over anything. So when that happens, I will add a lot more text to my notes. Normally, what I will do is I will break things down in bullet points and I will just work my way through that list. And that's the best way that I feel works for me. Now, that is also one thing that I personally, we all have our pet peeves. And I want to say this. I want to say this right out right out front. 
everyone has their own pet peeves. Everyone has their own style of handling things. And I am not going to say you absolutely have to do this. Do I know a decent amount about podcasting? Yes. But there's a whole lot that I don't know. And I am perfectly willing to accept that. And I am perfectly willing to learn what I can about different things to assist with my weaknesses, basically. And But one of the things that I really take pride in is my introductions of every episode. I really enjoy introducing my guest. And the reason why is because my guest has decided that my show is worth their time, that my show, that my my questions, my thoughts, my feelings about what it is that they do, it's worth their time to sit down and enjoy themselves by chatting with me. And by doing that, I want to make sure that my guest is at as at much ease as humanly possible. And so what I like to do is take about a minute or so at the beginning of each episode, just doing my basic house cleaning, saying, welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name, this is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in for all, for all these episodes, et cetera, et cetera. I've tried to shorten it a little bit as of late, and I think I've gotten, gotten a, a good rhythm on that. But then I will jump in and take about a minute and a half or so to talk about my guest. I want to show them that I did my research. I want to show them that I am just as excited to have them here as I hope that they're excited for being here. And I am a people pleaser. I want to make them smile. I want them to come out of that intro and just say, wow, that was amazing. That was, that was great. And I'm happy to say that a lot of, a lot more often than not, they thank me for that intro because it's something that I take a lot of pride in. And I want them to know that I pick them for a reason, that I ask them to be on this show for a reason. And if they're up and coming talents, I want them to know that I know about them. And if they're established talents, if they're people that inspired me throughout the years, then I want to be able to say thank you to them. So that's my feeling. That's that's one thing that, that really keeps me going when it comes to doing this show. I love doing the intros. I love doing the outros. And I have a lot of fun talking with my guests. And it's very inspiring and it's motivating. And it's it's it gets my blood going when I when I listen to their story. And the fact that they're telling me the story, I can just like just sit there and everything and just listen in and just let that let the story just kind of unfold. And in a lot of cases, when it's someone that I have known about for many years and I got a chance to interview them, I mean, that that just that to me is 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 everything. That's why episode 100 was so special to me. Having five different Transformers voice actors all at once and having them not only answering questions, but all of them have their mics on so they can all chime in at different different times. So it really created this wonderful panel atmosphere. And it was the first time ever that narrator Victor Caroli ever shared any sort of space with 
the other Transformers voice actors. They were out in L.A. doing the recording with Wally Burr. He was in New York doing everything. So this was his time to actually hear from the actors themselves and say how much he was appreciated. That didn't happen until my show. And that's something I'm very, very proud of. And one of the things that really gets to me in terms of a pet peeve, getting back to that, is when you fill out a form, you fill out a questionnaire, you talk a little bit about what it is that you do. You talk about the different things that you want to promote, the different things you want to push in the in the conversation. You even put a little bit about how to pronounce your name. And you do this kind of homework and everything, send it in, you get picked to do this show. And the first thing that the podcaster host says is, tell us about yourself. Well, you know about me based on the questionnaire that I filled out for you. So that's something that, that, that gets to me when not so much of like, of not so much of, of people just doing it on the fly and saying, tell me about yourself. Cause they want to get it right. They want to make sure that the information that comes out to their audience is correct. At the same time, like if you are going to ask your guests to fill out a questionnaire and let them know what it is that makes you worthy to be on their show or, you know, a prime candidate to be on the show, then use that information and tell your listeners a little bit about what it is that you, that you do as a guest. And then, yeah. So that's the, that's one thing that really gets to me is, is when someone does all that extra homework and then, it feels like they never even looked at the sheet. That's That to me is a pet peeve. Another thing that was said was fastest way to grow a podcast audience. So when it comes to different things that don't really work for me, it's it's telling your guest, tell us a little bit about yourself after having to fill out a questionnaire. And it's also, it also, when you are, reading something verbatim, word for word, you can tell how it's, you can tell that it's being read and there's very little life in the, in the performance of what is being said here. So if, if, if podcasters, you're out there, if you really want to, if you want to continue reading from a script, that's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but Think of it as an audiobook. Perform it. Don't just read it. Perform it. And if you perform it, if you give it that extra lilt, that extra oomph to what you're doing, then that is going to carry through to your listeners. And so that's the main thing that I recommend to all of you. Next question is fastest ways to grow a podcast audience. Is it better to have guests or do solo episodes? I honestly, when it comes to saying the fastest way to grow an audience, I'm sorry, there's there's so many different ways to do it. And the main thing is this is a very busy medium. It's wonderful. I truly, truly love it. And I want to keep on doing it. And I want to really keep on enjoying myself as I do it. 
But at the same time, it's it's a crowded medium. There is everyone is starting their own podcast. That's why for me, a podcast network is a wonderful thing because you're not just saying, listen to my show, listen to my show, listen to my show. The same way that indie authors would be like, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. It would be buy his book, buy that book, buy this book over here. And the same thing over here. You know, listen to this show. This show is going is going to be on this. This show is going to be on on today, and this show is going to be on tomorrow, and this show is going to be set on on Sunday. So that way, everyone gets to talk about other shows, other people's shows instead of their own. And so that is something that I feel is a really good way to kind of grow a, a podcast audience is to look for different ways to promote other people. And set up like a round robin amongst amongst you know a group of people, and say, hey, I'm going to talk about you know what other shows are out there on a Monday or a Wednesday or a Thursday. Can you talk about my show that's going to be out there on Tuesday? You know, just communicate. And while you're doing that, you know what's going to happen. People are going to want to know what it is that they're what that they're promoting, so they're going to listen to your show. They're going to hear what you're all about. And so that way they can give their genuine thoughts about your show, about your guest, about your presentation, about all of it. And you'll be able to do the same thing for other people. So for me, I've always felt that there are strength in numbers. So that is what one of the things that I would say is find ways to work with other podcasters, whether it's being part of a network or just being part of a friendship, whatever it is, just let other people know about all these other shows. And then you can go ahead and talk about yours as well. It's I remember on Twitter, there was a nine to one rule with a lot of different places for every one time that you talk about your thing whether it's your book or your podcast or your audiobook or whatever, you talk about others in the same field nine other times. And so it feels like there is a really good collective of different people involved. So that's what I would that's what I would say. There is strength in numbers, so use it. They're all out there. And they're waiting to be discovered just as you as much as you are. So I say have fun with it and let more people know that this is going that this is happening. So when it comes to is it better to have guests or do solo episodes? For me, it's a great thing to do both. You're listening to a solo episode right now of Excelsior Journeys. Now, 95% of the time there are guests. And then every now and then I'll do a solo episode. So have fun with it. Have fun. You know, you don't have to commit yourself to doing one or the other. My, one of my sister shows from Duck Till Dark outside the Marvel Studios, that is a solo show. And that was done specifically because it was part of the National Podcast Post Month Challenge, which is when you create and produce an episode of a show every day for 30 days. And so it comes out to about 10 minutes or so per episode. You record it. You edit it, you polish it up, you get it out there every single day. By the end of November, guess what you got? 30 episodes for people to enjoy. So I strongly suggest doing something like that. I noticed that my 
my audience here on Excelsior Journeys went up when I switched over to 30 days worth of shows on the Excelsior Journeys podcast to do the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge. So there are a lot of different options of, of how to do this. And the fact that you can do solo shows or guest shows and solo and guest shows. The great thing about this format is it's not just a specific format. It can be so many other things. So have fun with it. That's the main thing that I would have to say. So those are the questions that I got. I hope that you were able to pick up a little bit about what it is that I do, about what you can do to do your own show. And again, the Once Upon a Podcast Network is looking for more, more shows. So if you feel just as inspired to get into podcasting as I was, then give it a shot. Let us know what kind of show you have in mind. And who knows? It may just be exactly what aligns with what we want in a show. And it might be something different that we weren't thinking about. But the main thing that I would have to say is you got to have some sense of structure going forward with it. It can't just be a show where you're just sitting there chatting with your friends because that can very well be something that comes off as as almost standoffish. Like you're the popular kids just kind of standing over in this corner and you're not letting anyone in. You can You can chat amongst yourselves, but you're not inviting anyone else in. So that's what that, those are my thoughts regarding regarding podcasting. So whatever sort of idea, whatever sort of concept of a, for a show that you have in mind, let's hear it. Go ahead and send your paragraphs about the show to George at he's got it dot com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it created something of value to you. And I look forward to March and April and the rest of this year because it just seems like more and more and more people are signing on to be on this show and I'm really thrilled with it. And so my last my last little piece of advice to anyone who wants to help with growing their podcast, get yourself a calendar app, whether it's Calendly, whether it's TidyCal, I use TidyCal myself, and Set up your times. If you're doing an interviews, if you're, if you're doing interviews, if you're having guests on, then set up your times of when you are going to be available to do those interviews. And, you know, just use the calendar app and break it down succinctly. So that way you can go ahead and just send your prospective guest a link and say, here, pick a spot and they can go to the open spots and select. When I did that, Earlier this year, I felt so proud of myself because I finally sat down. I took about a half hour and I got my monthly weekend spots for all of my interviews. And so now all I have to do is send people a link and they can go ahead and pick their times. And I know that they're not going to pick a, a date and time that doesn't work for me at all. These are the times that they get to select. The only times that are available are the times that work for me. And so you get to do that too. It's your show. Run it as you wish, but run it and have fun doing it. And 
just remember, this is this is a wonderful format. This is a wonderful time for you to get involved in this amazing world of podcasting. So have fun doing it. Have fun doing this. Have fun doing audiobook narrating. Have fun doing writing. These are creative things. Get those creative juices flowing. Get them out of your mind. Get them on to the canvas or the screen or the airwaves, whatever. But get it out. It's time. The world needs you. They need your voice. They need your ideas. They need your soul. So this is your time. Get it out there. So until next time, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward, and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com. <laughs>